Today is January 24th, 2022. Happy Monday. You're listening to the Happy Market Research Podcast. I'm Jamin Brazil, your show host. In today's episode, we will cover analog folk launch a new division based on behavioral economics. We will have a conversation with a 12-year-old boy to understand what keeps him up at night. We will introduce you to the metaverse and we'll offer some tips to scaling your business. Support for the Happy Market Research Podcast and the following message comes from Michigan State's Marketing Research Program and HubUX. I've done hundreds of interviews with today's top minds in market research. Many of them trace their roots to Michigan State's Marketing Research Program. Are you looking for a higher paying job to expand your professional network and to achieve your full potential in the world of market research? Today, the program has tracks for both full-time students and working professionals. They also provide career support, assisting students to win today's most sought-after jobs. In fact, over 80% of Michigan State's marketing research students have accepted job offers six months prior to graduating. If you are looking to achieve your full potential, check out MSMU's program at broad.msu.edu slash marketing. HubUX is a research operations platform for private panel management, qualitative automation, including video audition questions, and surveys. For a limited time, user seats are free. If you'd like to learn more or create your own account, visit hubux.com. This is a shameless plug. Kristen Luck and myself have launched a new cohort of the Consortium. The Consortium is a 12-month-long forum that connects and supports entrepreneurs and revenue-focused sales executives. We are gunning for helping you achieve your next big breakthrough. Kristen Luck and myself carefully curate and moderate your group of peers designed to help you navigate through business challenges and break through your revenue ceilings by leveraging the collective intelligence of others. With direct support from serial entrepreneurs who have been there and done that with multiple successful exits. For more information, please check the show notes or DM me on LinkedIn. This is episode 504, and according to Spotify, Glass Animals' Heat Wave is the number one song across the globe. All right, let's get to this week's news. On January 19th, the folks at Analog Folk launched a behavioral transformation arm called MindWork. Perfectly, I love this. The new division will be led by Bradley Hurlt, Michelle Watson, and Mark Berry, all of whom previously worked together at AFG. As we lift our eyes up from survey data, we'll have a better context for understanding consumers' actions. But that is really effing hard. By combining economic and psychology, we understand why people behave the way they do in the real world. Often, as marketers and researchers, we opt for the simpler approach of just using a survey. And we assume that most people already know what they want and make smart, self-interested decisions. But that simply is not the case. Consider the 1950s ad from Betty Crocker's that helped launch the world's first instant cake mix. Honey, when was the last time you baked a cake? Last week, dear. 
Oh, I didn't see any cake around here. It wasn't for you, dear. My club had a charity auction. Hmm? No, my cake sold for $5. Oh, how'd you manage that? With Betty Crocker's new honey spice cake mix. This last week, Bill Bloom, CEO and founder of Fast Focus, told me about an episode of Work 2.0. The episode started with a story about the evolution of cake mix. Before instant cake mix, it was expensive, time-consuming, and risky to bake a cake. Top recipes were a thing coveted and protected. Women passed down recipes from grandmothers to mothers to daughters and granddaughters. In fact, I still, or rather my sister actually, possesses my great-grandmother's cake recipe. Women would perfect their cake through trial and error. Eggs, flour, sugar, vanilla, butter, baking powder, milk, I don't know, other stuff would all have to be stocked. And of course, you didn't simply combine everything in a bowl and mix. Bakers had to carefully mix their ingredients in a certain way in order to achieve that perfect cake. So when given the opportunity to save time and money by using instant cake mix, CPG companies assumed this would be a no-brainer, but it simply wasn't the case. Women declined to purchase the instant cake mix. Why? Because they felt that taking that shortcut was in fact like cheating love. It took two decades for big CPG companies to figure this out. How did they finally punch through so that bakers felt comfortable using instant cake mix? It was easy. They took the powdered eggs out and they required bakers to use fresh eggs. This requirement to use fresh ingredients and a little elbow grease made bakers feel like they were actually baking a cake and not buying love. And that's it. Thankfully, today, there is a lot of innovation around understanding consumers. Brands don't have to wait for decades in order to uncover their hidden motivations. Jobs to be done and behavioral economics are just two well-documented disciplines. Over the last 30 years, the internet has changed quite literally everything, and it is even more important than ever to understand your consumers' hidden motivations. Surveys themselves cannot deliver this insight. Yet, for many of us, that is where we start and stop. The usual format looks something like this. You have a business question, you do a survey, you get an answer, and you act. Modern brands must leverage qualitative techniques like ethnography, shop-alongs, in-home usage. Additionally, we need to contextualize our insights in behavioral data, political landscapes, and economic trends. I'd even go so far as to say that to know your customer, you must become your customer. So pause for a second. Think about your customer. Now, think about their purchase journey. What problem are they trying to solve when they hire you or when they buy your product? How are they solving that problem now? What companies or products are they using? What is bad about your competition? And why are you better? Let's look at another case study. When McDonald's had a sustained surge in their milkshake sales, they doubled down and after doing a ton of market research, they figured out what the best possible shake was. After rolling that out, their shake sales actually didn't move. So they turned to the guru, Clay Christensen, the father of Jobs to be Done, who conducted exit interviews with shake purchasers. Here's a two-minute excerpt of his findings. We'd ask them, step back a minute and think about the last situation in which you, were, you had the same situation, needing to get the same job done, but you didn't come here to hire a milkshake from McDonald's. What did you hire to get the job done? 
And one guy said, yeah, I hire donuts to do the job, but I can never hire just one. And another guy said, I, I do bagels, you know, but boy, they're dry and they're tasteless. And so I have to put cream cheese on and steer the car with my knees while I'm putting cream cheese on. And it turns out, one of them said, you know, I hired a Snickers bar to do the job, but I felt so guilty. I've never hired Snickers again. And one guy said, you know, I never thought about it before, but last Friday I hired a banana to do the job. But it didn't do, does it doesn't do the job very well at all. You it's it's uh, you finish it in less than a minute. But let me tell you, when I go to McDonald's, it is so viscous. I can it takes me about 23 minutes to suck it up that thin little straw. And I don't care what the ingredients are. All I know is that when 10 o'clock comes, I'm still full. And the job that all of these people were trying to get done was I have a long and boring drive to work. And I needed something that would just keep me engaged with life while I'm driving the car. I'm not hungry yet, but I know I'll be hungry by 10 o'clock. So I also, part of the job is, I need something to eat that would keep myself full when 10 o'clock happens. And that's the job that they're hiring the, the milkshake to do. That is, they have a long and boring drive to work. And they needed to add uh, dimensions of it to keep them engaged with life. What he found was that purchasers were commuters. And these commuters purchased their shakes because they wanted something that was both sustaining and entertaining for their long drive. For the shake to do its job, it had to be better than its competition, like bagels and bananas. Both start with B. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> but anyway, bagels are messy and hard to manage while driving, and bananas are consumed too quick, and they leave you hungry a little while later. So McDonald's R&D department redesigned their shakes to be commuter friendly and marketing knew exactly what it is that they needed to do. And sales, of course, shot up. Now, let's pause again. Think about your customer. Think about their journey. Think about how it is that they learn about your products and services. How has the internet changed that journey in the last 10 years? Do your customers use the internet to discover your products and services? I promise you they do, by the way. We've all heard it said, the best place to bury a dead body is on the second page of Google. The name of the game is digital relevance, and young consumers like Gen Z and up-and-coming Gen Alpha both expect brands to create a contiguous experience across both. In fact, today's youth are making decisions like long-term career choices and co what college they're going to go to, not based on brochures, family members, synagogues, or schools. Instead, it's based on what experiences they're having. This last Monday, I asked Gen Z members of the Hub UX panel about what influences their big decisions like school and career. Here is one of the one-on-one -on -one in person interviews I did with a 12-year-old boy. His life goal, be the CEO of a video game company after graduating from MIT. Here's an excerpt from that video. Please note he had a parent present during the interview, and they have approved the content for use of this podcast only. 
what was it like for you going from an in-person school experience to a remote experience? It was surprising. I liked it and didn't like it at the same time. What didn't you like about it? What I didn't like is that I knew things were going to get tough. Like, you know how we have, like, grades and stuff? Like, how are we going to keep up with all our grades? Because I want to go to MIT for college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how am I going to keep all my grades up? Got it. So it was harder to keep track of how you were doing or what you were going to be graded yeah. on, that sort mm-hmm. of stuff? Okay, yeah. got it. That makes sense. Why MIT? Turns out that one of my favorite websites to code on is actually created by people at MIT. And also, I recently saw Spider-Man Far From Home. They went to MIT. (laughs) After the interview, I asked his dad for some feedback. His dad said, and I quote, I had no idea he even knew what MIT was. (laughs) Gen Alpha and Gen Z are being influenced by things that parents and teachers have literally no visibility into, or in many cases, even knowledge of. This young man is deciding on what college he wants to attend solely on the basis of the game platform he's using to create his video games. And it just happens to be the case that it's developed by MIT students. And this influences him to actually excel in school. It's amazing. What keeps 12-year-olds up at night? A million things. Some of those things are as old as time, like wanting to fit in and being cool. Others are brand new and inconceivable by previous generations. So make no mistake, we are in unprecedented times. We all have to check our biases at the door and get to know this generation. One of the best ways to check your bias at the door is to actually immerse yourself in your customers' lives. And... If we are talking about the future, we have to talk about the metaverse. Now, I know what many of you are thinking, metaverse, metaverse. I don't even understand if it's ever even going to catch on. Is it a fad? Whatever. But get this. Roblox, an established gaming universe, listed on the New York Stock Exchange in March 2021 at a valuation, a staggering valuation of $42 billion dollars. One research report predicts virtual gaming worlds alone could be worth $400 billion by 2025. That's just three years away. With the broader metaverse industry worth over $1 trillion. To me, it feels very much like the early days of the internet. When websites were hard to make and nobody really understood the implications of what the technology would have on our world and our lives. Next week's episode, we'll be exploring the metaverse. Who is using it and for what? All right, let's talk about consumer insights communities. Sometimes in our lives, things accidentally go well. In March 2019, I started a weekly virtual lunch. There was no agenda other than just to have fun and inject some mental health into our recently upturned lives. For many of us, this has become part of our lives. We schedule our Tuesdays around it, including internal meetings, sales calls, and even travel. Every Tuesday from 11 to 11.30 Pacific time, 50 to 80 consumer insights professionals, we meet in order just to connect. These professionals come from user experience, marketing research, consumer insights, and even students who are preparing to enter the workforce. 
Our topics vary, but the objective of the format stays the same. Have fun, meet at least one new person, and learn one new thing. This weekly event is a perfect way for you to inject some fun in your life while growing your network. And I believe that career success has two primary ingredients. One, size of your network. And the second one, the depth of your connections. Our MRX virtual lunch facilitates both. Some of our upcoming speakers are Bill Salikar, Z Johnson, and Terry Schrouder of Clorox. You want to attend? It's free. Just contact me, Julie Kurd, or Janet Strandon on LinkedIn, and we'll be happy to give you the details and send you an invite. I hope to see you there. Thanks so much for listening to the Happy Market Research Podcast. I'm Jamin Brazil. If you'd like to learn more about this show or our sponsors, please check the show notes.